0: This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. This is Dr. Norris Weir, inviting you to get on board the Caribbean Gospel Train every Saturday night at 8 p.m. on WCNO 89.9FM. The Caribbean gospel
1: train for the ride of your life.
2: The Revealing Truth Radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support.
3: Hey Billy, what you doing next Saturday? Nothing, why do you ask Justin?
4: That number again is 877-853-7816.
1: Good morning. I'm Pastor Ed Day, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Bumgardner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John eight thirty two says, and we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So grab a pen, take some notes, let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. One of
4: the
0: secrets of God's power is our ability to use our words, to build up or to tear down. How I many know when Jesus showed up, he was God's representative on the earth to do that very thing? He showed up and he was like no other man that the world had ever seen up until that point. He begins his ministry with these words in Matthew chapter 4, 17. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Say that with me. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent means change your mind. Change your direction. Stop doing the thing that you're doing and change it, because what you're doing is killing you. The kingdom, for the kingdom, the king's domain, it's right here. It's at hand. It's right here in the atmosphere. It's in the unseen realm. It's manifesting around us every day. Somebody shout the kingdom. The kingdom of the heavenlies. The place where decisions are made. It's at hand. It's now. Somebody shout it's now. How many of you realize this? Jesus would have never had to announce something had it been obvious that the something was already here. I mean, Jesus wouldn't have to go around declaring that the kingdom of God is at hand if everybody knew the kingdom of God was at hand. It was hidden. It was in an unseen realm, an invisible realm. You say, "Well, I don't believe in all that invisible stuff." Really? Come on now. You don't? I know some of y'all. You got your smartphones. I told you to get them out and look at Facebook. How many know the only way you can get to Facebook? How many know Facebook is in the room right now? Come on. CBS is in the room right now. Fox News is in the room right now. Hello, come on. Radio stations are in the room right now. The police scanner is in the room right now. All you need is a device that's a receiver that can connect to it. There's all kinds of things in the invisible realm that's in this room right now. You just got to have the receiver that can read that signal and connect on that system so that you can move what's in the invisible realm to the visible realm and check your status. Hello, come on, amen. Just because you don't see it don't mean it don't exist, ladies and gentlemen. It just means that you haven't learned how to walk and operate in the system on how do I move it from the invisible realm to the visible realm. How do I connect so I can begin to manifest what it is that God promised me in my life? How do I begin to walk in that? See, the Bible declares this. All of your needs have been met in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. In other words, you don't have an electric bill in heaven that you got to worry about. Come on. Come on, somebody. Amen. But I many know, there's a lot of people worried about their Toyota payment today and worried about their house payment and how they're going to pay their rent and how they're going to pay their electric bill. What you have to do is ha- learn how to operate in God's system in the kingdom of heavenlies. And when you and I learn how to walk in that kingdom, operate in that kingdom, we can begin to move things from the invisible realm to the visible realm and God begins to show up in the places of our life where we were broken, where we were hurt, where we were destitute and miracles begin to take place and breakthrough begins to happen in our lives. That's why God had the ability to create something out of nothing. We call it nothing, but really, he's made those things that are visible from the invisible. Because they were always in God. A few things about God's word. First one is this. God uses words to edify. Somebody say edify. Edify. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 says over and over. And God said, let there be, and how many know there was? Let there be light, and there was. Let there be life, and there was. Come on, amen? Everybody shout Edify. That word edify means this. It means to build up or to construct. When you edify somebody, what do you do? You build them up. You construct in them confidence. You help build courage in them. Just like, just like a coach before a big game, you, you build the team up. Just like in that boxing match. How I many you know both of those guys had trainers back there last night telling them, you can do it, man. You can, you're going to knock this chump out. Edify, build them up, getting them ready for the fight. huh? Edify is when you literally build something... That is not there. God used his words to build. When God speaks, watch this, he brings into existence things that were not visible previously to his word being spoken. By the word of God, they existed. That's how life got here. At his word. That's why when dreams look like they're dead and God speaks to your spirit, they can come alive on the inside. And he begins to edify and reconstruct the possibility of those dreams to take place in your life. So that you can become everything that God wants you to be, everybody shout out a five. I want you to look at this in Ephesians four. Watch this, Ephesians four, verse twenty-seven. Nor give place to the devil. How many of you think that's a good scripture right there? Don't give no place to the devil in your life. Don't give him an opportunity. One translation says this: Neither give him any opportunity. Let him who stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Hmm? Now, if I was to ask everybody in here to raise your hand in this room, would you agree with me that it is not a good idea to be stealing? How many here would just wish people would stop stealing? Let's just stop it. All over the world, we're going to spread the word. Nobody don't steal nothing no more. That would be really good, wouldn't it? Y'all think that's a good idea? That people quit stealing?
1: And now we're going to take a break from the message. We will be rejoining Pastor Jason in just a minute, but first I want to take the opportunity to tell you about Truth Church. Truth Church is located in the heart of St. Lucie County at 3891 Edwards Road in Fort Pierce. Our Sunday worship services are 9 and 11 a.m. Truth Church is a non-denominational Pentecostal church, and there's a ministry for the whole family at Truth Church, whether it's children's church, youth group, senior meetings. There's something for everyone. If you're new to the area or you're looking for a home church, we invite you to come and join us. First, you will be our guest, and then you will be our family. Truth Church, a place for everyone.
0: He said, work with your hands so you can have something to give to somebody who's in need. See, what he's saying is, if you steal, if you go take something that's not yours... You give place to the devil in your life. So when you steal, you open up the door for the devil to come in and destroy your life. You think you're getting over on somebody because you got something for free, but the truth is, is you're going to reap a whirlwind of consequence in your life because you stole. Mm-hmm. But we got to read this in context. He's saying if you steal, you're going to make an opportunity for the devil to take advantage of your life. That's why when you're a Christian, you don't do business like people that are not Christians. You have a different set of ethics. We don't live our life like the world. Come on, hello? We don't shack up. We get married before we move in together. Come on. Ain't nobody going to shout me down, but that's the truth. We live at a different level. It don't mean God don't love you if you mess up. It just means that he desires for you to not mess up so he can bless you more. So when we don't do right, we actually rob the blessing of God out of our life. It ain't God withholding blessing. It's us blocking God. Come on, hello, somebody help me. The next verse is this. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, everybody say edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. Now here's where God says, God says that your language is at the same level of importance as your behavior. Mm? When it comes to stealing. He just ties them right together. Don't steal and give place to the devil. And don't run your mouth and give place to the devil. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen. I know a lot of people that would be offended if somebody stole something from them, but we'll sit around and let people just dump garbage on us all the time, talking about somebody else, and won't think nothing of it. And then we'll get religious and go, well, I'm just going to pray about that. And what else did they say? you got to be kidding me. He said, when you do that, you give place to the devil. In your life. So sometimes you just need to look at your friends sometimes and say, look, this right here ain't no garbage can. It's an ear. Don't be dumping your garbage in there. You going to talk like that? Talk somewhere else. People have never walked out the promise of God in their life because they've never learned to put a guard over their mouth. And they just let words fly. Those people don't even need a devil. You undo yourself with your mouth a lot. We all do. God will put a blessing on us and we'll talk God right out of the blessing. Come on, amen. He said you were healed, and the next thing you know, because we still got symptoms, we're going, I'm sick. Some people cave after a day. Some people cave after a year. But his word says you're healed. You know what that word corrupt means? It means something that is unfit for use. It means unworthy. It means poor quality. Don't let anything... That has a poor quality. Anything that is unfit for use or worthless come out of your mouth. But edify, build up, construct people so that you can empower them for the journey. And in so doing, you won't sadden the Holy Spirit. You won't grieve the Holy Spirit of God that lives on the inside of your life. It's easy to see people when they were younger in life and tell if they've been nurtured by somebody that spoke right over them or if they were nurtured by somebody that spoke wrong over them. we got a school full of kids here every week and I can see it. You know which kids are coming from broken homes and they've been told they'll never amount to nothing. Which kids go home at night and are being cussed at and yelled at and screamed at. And you know which kids are being tucked in and and having the word of God spoken and blessed over them and prayed over every night. You can tell because it manifests in their life through the week. So you can have edifying speech or you can have corrupt speech. It's either going to bring life or death. Amen? Amen. Hmm? It means that either your language is going to be constructive or your language is going to be destructive. But whatever you say is having an effect on the hearer. It's going to have some kind of effect on it. Amen? Hmm? I mean, know what happened is when Jesus wanted to change things in the world that were out of order, he didn't struggle with it and he didn't wrestle with it and he didn't go out and fast and pray over a situation. He just went up and spoke to it. The only time he ever fasted and prayed was for his own edification, his personal edification. But when he dealt with the things that were going on in the world, he just would speak, amen. And that's really why the world got so confused when he began to show up on the scene, because they were looking for some dignitary to show up, some some bigwig to show up with on a cart being carried by eight men on a pole to come in and lift up the veil and Jesus step out and everybody go, oh, the new king is here. He's going to set up his throne and everything's going to be brought back and it's the Messiah, the Messiah, the Messiah. And so all of a sudden, Jesus don't show up that way. He shows up in a manger as a baby kind of hidden from everybody and begins to live a life for 30 years before he starts his ministry. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why did Jesus come and live for 30 years and then go in the ministry? Can I just tell you, it was more than just about paying the price of your sin. It was more more than just about your debt. It was more than just about you overcoming at the power of resurrection. But he came to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven for you and I. He came to show us how to live here on earth, to live the example that we can overcome, that we can speak right, that we can win, and we don't have to lose, that we ain't got to be downtrodden, we don't have to be put in a box, hallelujah, we can live the life that God's called us to live. Amen. Mm. He entered the world unheralded. He didn't come with an entitlement or an entourage. He came into the world to demonstrate the kingdom of God, and that was contrary to what the whole world thought. That's not the way we expect to receive the king of the universe. So when he showed up, everybody was like, that can't be the king. How can that be the king? But let me tell you something. Everything in the other dimension knew who he was. Jesus would walk in the towns, and people that were demon-possessed go, why are you here? Why are you here? He would walk in the temple and teach, and people would say, we've never heard nobody teach like him. We've never heard the words of authority that he speaks before. Hmm? One time he was asleep on a boat and he had 12 of his pupils on the boat with him and they were going across the sea and, and he was trying to explain to them how God did things. He he Just the day before, he spoke to a fig tree and he cursed it and when they passed back by, the fig tree was withered up and he's saying that there's power on your words, that you can speak into reality the things that God has for your life and he's teaching them and he's teaching them and he's teaching them. Three and a half years in teaching these guys and he's trying to get them to learn something. How come Jesus didn't just come? and start his ministry one week and then go to the cross seven days later and pay the price. No, no, no. He did ministry for three and a half years because of the 12. Because he wanted to show the 12 disciples something that we all need to understand this morning. And that's how to walk in the authority of God. How to take heaven's realities and see them manifest in the earth today. Come on, somebody. He was beginning to reveal his glory to them. To show them how to live on earth. He talked to them and talked to them about the word that goes forth. And out of the mouth of God, there were like seeds being planted in the ground. And when they would spring up, they would bring forth a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. That every word that you speak has fruit to it. He told them that the way that you change your life is the way that you communicate. Your words will form the world that you live in. And all of a sudden, they get out in the middle of the, of the Sea of Galilee going to the other side. And a raging storm comes up. It was a bad storm because the boat was about to sink. I don't know if any of y'all ever been out in the middle of the ocean before. But I have. I spent quite a bit of time up in the North Atlantic. And if anybody's ever been in the North Atlantic, those seas are rough. I've been in 40-foot swells. I've seen the front of my ship that was almost 600 feet long completely dip under the ocean and pop back up. I know what that is. And here they are out in the middle of the Lake Sea of Galilee And they're on this boat, and the boat is being overtaken by the storm, and Jesus is sleeping in the back, and they run to the back of the boat. Jesus, Master, wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't you even care that we're going to perish? Don't you care that we're going to drown, that we're going to die? And Jesus says something pretty weird. He goes like, how much longer do I got to put up with you? How much longer do I got to stay on this planet until you learn this? I've been trying to teach you and demonstrate to you. Why do I got to keep burying you? And he gets up and he walks to the front of the boat and he speaks. Peace be still. And the winds stop and the waves cease. And the disciples go, oh, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to understand this thing now. I see it. Listen to me, when Jesus got ready to raise a dead man, come on, somebody. Four days, Lazarus had been in the tomb dead. He stunk. They had him mummified and wrapped up. Jesus got to Bethany. He said, roll the stone away. Listen to me. He didn't send doctors in there. He didn't send nurses in there. He didn't send uh, undertakers in there and funeral people. He didn't send 10 people in there to bring the body out. The Bible says he sent his words in there. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. The Bible says he stood up, bound up from head to toe, and hopped out of that tomb. The Bible says in John 1 1 that God sent his word that was made flesh. Jesus was the word that lives in us today. I'm telling you, you don't have to be a victim. You got to stop undoing what God wants to do in our life with what we're speaking. I'm here to announce to you today that you can send a word into the desperate situations of your life. A word into the desperate situations of your family. And you can have victory. You can have power released in their life. There's a story in Numbers chapter 13. The Bible says that the the children of Israel, when they came up out of Egypt, they crossed the desert and they got to the boundary of the promised land. And Moses takes 12 men. He selects these men from the 12 tribes and he gets them together. And he says, I'm going to send you into the land to spy it out. Go check it out. The Bible says that all 12 of them go in there and they're in there for 40 days. But in Numbers chapter thirteen twenty six it says this: They brought back word concerning the land, and they brought back the fruit from the land. The Bible says that the clusters of grapes were so big that they had to have a pole stretched between two guys to carry the cluster of grapes. Come on, I mean that's a big grapevine. That ain't no little grapevine. Amen. And listen, for most people in the Pentecostal Charismatic Church today, if you're sitting here and and, and you would say, well, if I could just see a supernatural miracle, if I could just see somebody supernaturally healed, if I could just see a supernatural thing, then I would believe. But that's not what happened here. They brought back the fruit. They brought back the grapes. It was everything that God said it was. But they believed the word of 10 of the spies out of the 12. It goes on to say that 10 of them came back with a bad report. And they said, it's everything God said it was. Here's the fruit. Here's the proof that God's right. Here's the proof that God's going to do what he said he could do. But we are not able. We are not able to go in and take the land because the land is full of giants. And Caleb said, don't say that. Be quiet. Shut your mouth. Don't say that. We are well able. God is on our side. Listen, I, I'm telling you right now, if you're ever going to become everything that God wants you to be, you've got to get out of the We Not Be Able camp. And you've got to find a church that's not a We Not Be Able church. And get away from a Be Not Able job and Be Not Able friends and Be Not Able. Come on, there's a wife in here that don't want to be with a Be Not Able husband. There's a husband in here that don't want to be with a We Not Be Not Able wife. I'm telling you, we are able. We are able to live everything that God's called us to live. Caleb said, we're able. Somebody shout we're able. We're able. Joshua said, yeah, we're able. spies said, no, we're not able. And the Bible says this. Watch this. It says they brought back an evil report. Somebody say an evil report. An evil report. That, that actually is the word whispering. Somebody say whispering. On the first day when the report came back, they didn't just stand up there and start saying, no, nah, you crazy, you out of your mind. They stood there and they heard the report and they went home into their villages into their camps and they whispered they sat at dinner tables and said there ain't no way joshua and caleb lost their mind we're doomed to this wilderness and they whispered and they whispered and they whispered and it spread like a cancer through the whole camp next day they showed up and wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb to death come on somebody an evil report
1: Thank you for joining us today for The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. I hope you tune in again each day, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m., right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34981. To pay by phone or make a love gift, you can call 772 461 8555. For more exciting information on our church, you can check us out on the web at igniteyourworld.com. I'm your host, Ed Day, and I'll see you next time on The Revealing Truth.
2: Again, that number is 772-342-0047. Care
3: of care of Ignite Your World Ministries, Truth Church, and all its affiliate ministries thanks Destiny Network and Bishop Tony Miller. Destiny Network International exists to serve pastors, local churches, and ministry leaders that make up Destiny Network International.